0: Hi, I'm Piper
1: and I'm Erin. Welcome to Off The Tracks podcast, where we explore what it means to do law differently. Today we are joined by Katie Fenn. She is a lawyer turned life coach for young professionals, helping them to find more purpose, passion, and personal alignment in their lives. We are so excited to have her on the podcast today.
0: So Katie, we are so thrilled to have you here today. And before we started recording, we you know, let Erin have her massive fangirl moment, which was just so lovely. We've been so looking forward to having you and we are just huge fans of you and your work and we only met you about five minutes ago. Um, So thank you so much for being here and for making the time for this. I am so thrilled to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. So we would love to hear like a little bit in your own words about how your career has evolved over time. And if we really want to like zero in, if you could take us a little bit through like the legal aspect of your career and we'll dive into a bit more of your entrepreneurship a little bit later. Sure.
2: So I started out in litigation doing um, all civil litigation, but primarily personal injury defense. So I started working in that area of law. I ended up at a really small firm where there were only about 10 to 15 lawyers. And I practiced for six years um, in that capacity, but it was on the side of that. So sort of for five years um, of the six that I was practicing was when I was also sort of building up my business on the side of that. But from a career perspective, I stayed in civil defense litigation for the entire time that I was practicing. And then in a twist, I ended up in um, in the last year, I was really exploring different ways for me to reconnect with law. So I'd left five years ago, I'd left my practice after six years, and I just sort of missed some aspects of it. And so in that exploration, that then led me to now reconnect with law as a professional development lawyer in that capacity, which I'm just doing for a short period um, right now. So I sort of was in law, then left law, and now I'm kind of back in, in a new way
1: for the time being. That is so cool. And we just had a guest tell us, you know, the concept of a one-way ticket or a round trip uh, off the tracks career. And so I just love that visual and, you know, just that idea of, you know, you left law for a while um, and now you're maybe coming around again to see what it has to offer. But Can you tell us a bit about your entrepreneurship journey and what you started to build on the side and how it grew into sort of your full-time career? Sure.
2: So what happened is I, in my first year of law, as many of us are, was really stressed out and in feeling so stressed out and also feeling like I didn't belong, I started to look for tools to help me manage that because I just, I didn't feel good. And I knew that I was getting really sucked into my own spiral of the mind. So I actually started meditating for that purpose. I had been into yoga before. And so I just was drawn to meditation at a time when meditation really wasn't very big um, and just decided that I was going to start meditating. What ended up happening, though, is that once I started meditating, once I started journaling again, once I started to nurture and cultivate a deeper relationship with myself, my practice became much easier, much more enjoyable, and I became a lot happier. So I felt like I had this amazing secret that nobody knew about. I was thinking if every lawyer just is meditating taking better care of themselves and journaling and created the space like everyone would be thriving in law. So I got really excited about it. I decided that I wanted to teach all different lawyers how they were going to be happier and more fulfilled in their jobs. However, what happened is that all lawyers at the time, all law firms thought that I was out of my mind. They were not open at all. They were super conservative at the time. Meditation was not at all as popular as it is now, nor was coaching or wellness or anything else. And so I was just rejected so much and like blatantly laughed at. And so I pivoted at that point and I said, okay, well, there's got to be other people that are looking for the things that I'm really passionate about and want to share. And so what happened is I started to meet other women that were around my age at the time. So I was in my like mid-20s at that time. And so I started to share my passion for meditation, for mindfulness, for self-reflection and personal growth. And instead, I started meeting more peers, women my own age who didn't work in law, who were also really into exploring those things. And they sort of started to become my community and my audience. And what happened is that I just started to share the tools and practices and reflections that had been helping me to become a lot happier and more at ease. And that then ended up slowly building out into me first teaching meditation to other people. And then that eventually led to me starting to coach other people of how they could get clear on what their values are or what would make them happier in their lives. Then from there, I started to meet so many people that were now into these explorations that I decided, okay, I'm going to put a community together and I'm going to help all these people to meet because they all feel like they're the only people that are doing these things and they're not. So then I put together the circle community, which was, you know, these monthly women's circles for women to come together, we meditate and reflect and chat with one another. And then from there, then people wanted to do that type of experience in new places. So that's when I started doing retreats um, in Costa Rica and Mexico and Muskoka and all over. And then from there. I started to get people that were out of Ontario, outside of Canada. And so then I started to offer more online courses so that people could do things. So that's how all the different things sort of came to be. But all of them were built slowly and were always just in response to what people um, were asking me for, just the gap that I was seeing sort of in the market from a truly business perspective. I never intended to start a business, but I was just always really lit up by the things I was sharing about. And was just the person that was excited to say, okay, I'll start teaching meditation, I'll start running these retreats. And so that's really how the thing built um, slowly on the side of my law practice until eventually it just became too busy. Um, So then five years ago, I left law completely so that I could just focus on running the business full time, which really at that point had turned into a full fledged um,
1: business. Wow, that's amazing. And did that change or shift at all during COVID? Because I guess you would have gone full-fledged for about like two-ish years, and then COVID would have hit. And did that change your business model um, or change the way you were providing services at all? The biggest thing that changed as a result of COVID
2: um, were obviously, I mean, retreats got put on hold at that point. Any in-person circles got put on hold at that point. But really at that time, I was already doing a lot of online courses. I had already switched my coaching practice to online uh, in the two years before that. So the only, so most things actually continued and I was really lucky in that regard. Like I already had my business fully set up as an online business, but retreat stopped and I really missed those in-person circle stopped and I missed those as well. But the biggest thing that I noticed the shift from COVID was that people were really into at first showing up online and wanting to learn. And then I think that people really got Zoom fatigue and learning fatigue and, you know, new shiny object sort of fatigue. And so I actually noticed that the biggest thing that happened during COVID is that there was a real lull because even though I had been offering this type of service for so long, I think a lot of people inundated themselves in the first year of COVID. And so there was a bit of dip in my own business in terms of finding new people and people being interested in these types of programs. So that actually was the biggest effect that COVID had, I think, on my business.
0: So Katie, you've talked a little bit about sort of all the different aspects of your business and you've touched on how, you know, women's circles, like they couldn't be in person anymore. Can you tell us a little bit more about like what these women's circles encompass and what the goal of these uh, circles are and how they run?
2: Yeah, the goal of Circles is to create a space for women to exhale. Was the space for women to come together, to pause, to turn inward, to listen to themselves, to spend time with themselves, to ask themselves questions that they would ask any other best friend that they have. Like, how am I? How am I really doing? What do I need? What am I proud of? What's going on in my life right now? So in general, that's the intention of a circle, is to create a space for women to come together in supporting connection of themselves, and then also in supporting connection of other women as well. And so the bonds and connections that happen at a women's circle are really special. In terms of the actual format of how they work, most women's circles will have some type of meditation, then some journaling, then there's normally a theme for the night, which is either based on you know, a personal growth topic or astrology, like what's happening in different moon cycles. And then there's also always a time to focus in on what feels important for you in the upcoming months. So we set intentions or goals for the next month. We share those goals with one another, which is really powerful because most of us don't share what it is that we're working on next or what we want support on. And then we close it out from there. There's also time for discussion. And so I think that it's just a really beautiful space, not only for women to connect with themselves, but also just be there in support of other women who are just, whether they're just sharing, Hey, I'm having a really hard month. Like I just haven't been feeling like myself for the last month. And just to be witnessed by women in that way saying, yeah, totally you i know what that's like or also being like i have this crazy idea i think that i might want to leave my job i've been thinking of this or i'm not even sure yet what it's like like for a lot of people to even have a space to share something like that out loud and to be around other people that are like that sounds amazing you should listen to yourself um is really is really powerful so that's sort of the, the overview of what circles are like and why I think they're really special and why they're really helpful.
1: Yeah, that sounds like an amazing space that you're creating and and an awesome opportunity to, as you said, exhale, take some breathing room and come together in a like-minded community and and get that support. But for people who, you know, maybe they're like, okay, you know what? That sounds like a really great idea, but maybe too much for me, or I'm very Mm -hmm. new to getting in touch with my intuition or uh, getting in touch with myself. And I'm just very, very Um, overwhelmed with where to start, what would you recommend to people um, who are trying to start this journey? And maybe who, you know, like your old colleagues or the old people in law where they were just like, ah, that's crazy, Katie. What are you talking about? Like, What would you tell them to start with? I
2: would tell people to start with firstly, if they're this question of if there were no rules, what would you do? I think just all the time, like that's a really powerful question to sit with. Just if there were no rules, is there a different way you'd be living? Is there a different thing you'd be doing? If there were no rules, what would you be doing? And that was a question that, by the way, I used to ask those lawyers too, like at Discovery that thought I was crazy. But I just like, I think even for someone who's not open, starting to sit with questions like that of am I actually living in a way that feels really good for me? Or is there an idea that's been pinging around in the back of my head that I haven't been listening to? So that question. And then the other thing I tell everyone to do is to start meditating. If people are not used to why they should start meditate that I normally come out with the science, which is just that it will truly transform your brain and make it so that you feel less stressed out. So that's a good way to get people into it, but also it will create space in your mind just to start to feel more calm, feel more like yourself, and just gain clarity, um, clarity in your thoughts.
0: Will I cry by the end of this episode? <laughs> to say, I feel okay. like I have like full body chills. Um, you're posing such such great questions, Katie, and I think it's so. Like true. Like when you think at least like when I think back to like what did my, you know, childhood itself want to do? And like, what are the things that made her happy? And you know, a lot of those things are still like the same things that make me happy today. And something that I personally had really struggled with and have been finding recently in the past few weeks that it's really come up a lot is. I find that I don't often make space for myself to be creative. So, mm-hmm. by that I just mean like having any time to think that's off of a hamster wheel. And so you're talking about like making space for those things and I think it's I think it's so important and when we think about building lives that are fulfilling to each of us as individuals, what do you think that looks like to, like to you and to the to the people that you help find those new pathways to be their most fulfilled self? How do you help your clients work towards that?
2: You mean how, like coming? Wait, will you rephrase the question?
0: Sorry, right, yes. So I guess the thing is like when you're thinking about what a fulfilling life looks like, how do you help you know clients find the most fulfilled, happiest versions of themselves? I think that what you touched on of just what
2: did you love to do when you were younger is an amazing place to start with. Or sometimes I have people think of. If they are multifaceted, what are the different facets of things that they know are ways that they would describe themselves of like adventurous, outgoing, smart, capable, whatever. And just starting to think of, are there any pieces of that puzzle of who you are, one of those facets that you just feel like you haven't connected with in a long time. Because I find that for a lot of people, they sort of know the different facets of themselves, but it might just be that a few of the facets haven't been polished, so to speak, in quite a long time. And so a big way for people to start to come back into more alignment with themselves is by reconnecting with all parts of themselves. So parts of themselves from when they were younger, but not even just when they were a child. Sometimes it's just going back to yourself in university, going back to yourself in high school at all these different stages in our life and just reflecting for yourself. Is that still something that I want to explore? Do I miss that part of myself or that, um, or that hobby or interest that I had during that time? So that can be a really powerful thing in terms of tangible activities. Then when it comes to a life of you know, thriving and purpose. Another thing that I really love people to do is that also start to look to the future. So I always love to get people to write, what would your ideal day in the life be? Again, if there were no rules, what would it look like for you to have your most perfect day? What sometimes people do is that they'll write down like an ideal day on vacation, which is amazing. But then It's helpful to go deeper. You know, most of us ultimately don't want to be on vacation all day, every day. You want to feel like you're making an impact. You want to be productive. And so instead, I find it's helpful for people to think of, okay, but if there actually were no rules, how would you feel when you're doing the work that you're doing each day? How would you feel with the people that you're spending time with? How would you be spending your time? How much money would you be making? Where would you be spending that money? What are the things that you value? And that reflection can help people start to open up to new possibilities of what their might, their life could look like or they want it to look like, but they maybe just haven't wrapped their head around yet. So doing an ideal vision of the future and helping people get clear on that is really a second helpful thing. And then from there, once you start to have some clarity of where you want to go in the future or parts of yourself you want to reconnect with from the past, then you can start to little by little take steps toward. Either reconnecting with those parts of yourself or starting to actually take actions that aligns with this future day in the life that seems very far-fetched at first. But then as you start to get closer, it seems a lot more tangible.
1: Yeah, I guess that would be a question I would have, especially for people who are just starting to think about things in this way. You know, it like you said, most people will think about their ideal vacation day and they'll think, oh yeah, that would be amazing. And it's, you know, very very far away and not practical if we're living on planet earth and the rules here (laughs) do exist at this moment. (laughs) And so, you know, yes, you're going to have to work in some way and uh, how are you going to feel most fulfilled and most purposeful um, and and grounding it back to that. But how do you bridge that gap? Or I guess maybe you don't, maybe you just have a leap of faith, but when you have that big vision of, okay, I'm going to make so much money and, and this is what I'm going to do. And it, you know, it feels very, very amazing, but you're still like back here and you're just like, I have no idea how to get there. What what do you do next? Yeah,
2: everyone. That's always the biggest next question is the how, and especially for anyone with a legal background, everyone wants to know the steps. especially lawyers are like, but They're like a then. 12-stop plan that we yeah. can, find?
1: <laughs> is there it some is, deliverables always. that we can? Yeah. you know, yeah.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So if they just want to know the timeline and all the steps, the beauty though, is that there are, and that's actually why I find that a lot of lawyers in particular have some difficulty starting to more move forward with paths like this. But what I always say to people is you don't have to know the how you just have to know the next right step. And for some people, if they even are like, well, I don't know, I don't even know what my next right step is. You can always figure that out. And that's why then having a coach or a circle or whatever, if you actually can't think of what those steps are, like coaching or circles are a great place to actually gain that clarity. But if people are truly thinking that it's too far off, they can't figure out what the next step or they don't have clarity on that, then the next thing that I say to them to do is just really focus on the person you would be in that vision. So let's say you see yourself in that vision and you're powerful and you're beautiful and you're radiant and you're kind. I would tell people to get really clear on that vision of the woman you're becoming or man, and then start to focus, okay, well, what would be a step of becoming her today? And so at least you can generally think of something that would help you be like that. Okay, well, I see that she's really powerful. Okay, well, what's one thing that makes you feel powerful? Or she's so uh, beautiful and put together. Like, great. Then tomorrow, wake up and spend more time putting yourself together. It can be as simple as that, but it's these little daily actions that we do that really add up. So that's what I would say. Start with the baby actions for it, and then you just have to keep kind of checking in with yourself. I also, for lawyers too, and the way that I structure this out is that I do it every month. And so it doesn't sort of, it doesn't get lost by the wayside. It's sort of like every month, check in with the vision or with that future version of yourself and see what's working, what this month feels like the next right step that I want to take. I think the biggest issue that people have is that they might start to take steps for the first month or two max, and then they like lose it and they don't have that momentum. So a bit of it too, is just to have the discipline or again, like a circle or space to connect each month that actually keeps you aligned and committed and focused on what it is that you want, because good things take time and change takes time and building out a life that you truly love and is beautiful. takes time, which is why a lot
0: of people don't have that. So Katie, when you reflect on your own life and your own career so far, much of which you, have you know, carved out for yourself and you, have you've built this incredible, not only like business, but like soul fulfilling work and doing work that helps so many people. But when you look back on your career, um, whether your business or your legal career or otherwise, and you think about, you know, a time where. You didn't feel that you were where you wanted to be. You felt like maybe you'd had a setback or a failure. What kind of comes to mind for you when you reflect on that situation and what did you learn from it? I think that any time where
2: I've had a setback or failure has been an opportunity for me to either trust more Or it's been an opportunity for me to become more resilient and focused. So when I failed the bar exam, which was a big failure for me at the time when it happened, it was so devastating and so embarrassing. But ultimately, I used that as an opportunity to look at, okay, even at that time in my life, I was thinking, all right, if the bad things happen, it's happening for me. Like what good can I potentially see in this situation? And so the only thing that I saw was I have literally been studying the last three years talking about how I'm so different from everyone. I don't fit in here, blah, blah, blah. I'm not as smart. Really, not only in my head, but I'm sure I shared it with people in my life being like, I just don't really fit in with, you know, everyone in my law school. And so the beautiful thing was that it gave me an opportunity to see that way of thinking is not serving me. It's not helping me. It's not going to help me anymore to actually get to where I want to be. And so I feel like whenever bad things happen, whether it was failing the bar exam or like when I'd have a judge yell at me or like be mean, sometimes I don't know if judges are still so mean, but judges were so mean sometimes. And what, whether any of those things happen and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing or automatically went down the mental narrative of I don't understand what's going on or I'm not smart enough to be here, I'm not capable, I always end up eventually changing it because I hate the feeling of being stuck in negative thoughts. And so I always will switch it around to, okay, well, what is this teaching me? How can I learn from this? What is this? going to help me do. And most of the time, it's just helping me to have to reaffirm to myself, I am capable, I'm learning, I'm capable of handling any and all challenges. And ultimately, it kind of helps to momentum and, and move me forward. And then when things don't work out the way that I want to, I mean, that's what I apply to my business now too. Like I've constantly trying new things in my business. I'm, you know, lots of things have been a massive success and lots of things haven't flowed in the way that I thought. And I think that that's just been teaching me that, you know, you just have to trust that things are always going to flow. And if things aren't working in the way that you want, that it's okay to to let things go when they're not, when they're not working out the way that you thought that they were going to.
0: Katie, I, I, work with students. I run a course called bar exam bootcamp and I work with students who are writing the bar exams and I myself failed the bar exams and that's how my business came to be. And, um, right now when we're recording, so not exactly when this episode, but right now recording, it's like the time of year when students are writing the bar exam and a lot of students who are writing it right now are retaking it. And so, um, when I'm talking to students, um, on a coaching call or through like one-on-one support, and they're dealing with like so many of these mindset hurdles that you've just described and and feeling like they're not good enough and feeling like they're behind. I, I feel like I'm just going to send them to this episode. Like this is you've yeah. given them like all of the goodness to, you know, it's so hard. I always say like, when you haven't had a win in a long time, whatever that win looks like to you, it can be really hard to envision that a win is coming your way. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is just like, When you know, when you see people who have like come out of moments like that and then built something so beautiful for themselves that really aligns with who they are, it can be really reassuring. So thank you so much for sharing that.
2: Yeah, I think for sure the mindset for anyone who's who's working on it is every time that a failure happens, just really watching the narrative that you tell yourself about it. And instead just remembering thoughts are just thoughts. So you can choose to think new thoughts. And so I always write the new thoughts that I'm teaching myself to believe about myself on a little cue card. And I just will read that to myself every day for however long I need to until it starts to actually play back in the back of my mind. So, for anyone who's ever in the, the setback or failure or feeling nervous or whatnot, I think just using it as a way to really practice what narrative you're sharing about it can be just so helpful.
0: That is so brilliant Katie thank you so much for that um so we were a little bit curious about you know you are like such a multi-passionate person and have all of these different incredible offerings whether it's retreats or one-on-one coaching or one of your many courses or workshops or women's circles you have all of these amazing things you've put out into the world. How do you decide where to sort of spend your energy in your business? And when, you know, when to grow one aspect and when to, you know, leave another aspect behind. And obviously with courses, some may be evergreen or you might be in launch mode. How do you juggle all of this?
2: The biggest thing that I do when it comes to my business and deciding what's happening next is, well, firstly, I spend a lot of time in meditation and quiet reflection too. And I do think about, you know, the practical things of what's, profitable and what are people signing up for. But the main thing that I look at is just feedback of just what are people either asking me for that feels like it's, you know, something that I should do again. So for example, I have a love course, which sometimes lots of people are asking for. So I'll launch it again versus other times people will ask for one-on-one coaching. So I'll have more around that. But really all the time, what I've tried to do is I just follow what people are asking for and respond to it. And that has kind of been my practice with a lot of things. I really believe that when I'm in a good vibe and I'm taking care of myself, that opportunities or signs or people asking for things will just naturally kind of be magnetized toward me. And then it's my job to decide, okay, I'm going to move forward with that thing. But I really trust my intuition. Like even right now, I'm about to do a whole training and certification program, which is something that I've had the idea of doing for the last two years. And I was just waiting for the moment where I felt like it was going to be the right time for my gut just to be like, okay, now is the time for you to execute on this. And then that finally happened. So that's the other piece of it too. It's, I really just trust my instinct of, okay, this is time to make changes to this, or this is the time when it's time to launch this thing. And I think that that's sort of the beauty too of being an intuitive business leader and someone who's really practicing a feminine approach to business is really just like tuning into my body, tuning into to what I kind of feel about it, and also just actually seeing what's in front of me as opposed to getting too strategic about things.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is another question I have, Katie. So have you always been really good at trusting yourself or have there been periods of time where you maybe not like betrayed your self-trust, but like you, your gut was telling you something and you, and you didn't listen to it, I guess is a better way of putting it. But, um, do you have any advice on how to start trusting your gut? Because I think, um, a lot of us, especially in the legal world, um, are trained to sort of stop listening to ourselves and follow that one track, that mold and, you know, follow the straight and narrow. So I don't know if that's a saying, I'm terrible at butchering sayings. I think that's a saying right now. I don't know. Anyways. So do you have any tips on trusting yourself and learning to get more in tune with that, that inner knowing? Yeah, I definitely do. Um,
2: I would say I was here's, I wasn't necessarily always super tuned into my intuition. However, I did come across manifestation and the secret when I was like, I was 18 or 19 when I came across that. And what I did is I started because of that creating these visions and the visions were sometimes small. Like I want to get this grade in this class or I want, I was a bartender all through university. So I'm like, I want to make this amount of tips in my date or like in my shift or I was dating. So I'd be like, I want to meet this type of guy at university. And then those things would happen. And then it helped me to start to trust that, well, wait a second, if I can manifest that amount of tips in a night, is it possible for me to manifest a type of experience or you know, when it came to applying to law schools, I like had the vision of the law school I wanted to go to. And then I ended up in that law school. And so I think that i I learned self-trust by having the courage to just be open to writing down some visions or writing down some things that I wanted for myself and then being able to trust that they would happen, which then led, to bigger things in my life. So whenever people are first learning how to trust themselves and trust their instincts or trust that things are possible for them, the first thing that I think is to start small. So I would say to you, write down a question on a piece of paper or in a note on your phone or something. And it could be basic, like, should I go to place X or place Y for vacation this year or whatever question that you've got. And then put the journal or your phone away and just wait and say, okay, I'm open to receive some signs or I'm open to receive clarity about this. And I guarantee you'll get clarity on something like that. You know, what should I have for dinner? And then let's say you're on the subway and you see that exact sign of like some ad for Thai food or whatever. Right. It's when we do these little things that helps us to start to say, Oh, well, wait a second here. I asked for a sign and then I got one, that then eventually helps us be more able to trust ourselves when it comes to bigger decisions. So self-trust is, and trusting our instincts is something I think happens over time. And it's really built up over time. I think the only reason why I've now been able to build a business, it's been like purely based on my own instincts and gut was really because it was when I was, it was because of a breakup, actually, because during that breakup, I started to have my intuition say, it's time for you to leave this relationship. You've got to move on from it. And I was so nervous to trust that decision. And because it didn't make sense for a number of reasons, but I just decided in that moment, I'm just going to trust this. My instinct's telling me I got to leave this relationship. And so I'm just going to do it and see what happens. But what ended up happening is from that one time of leaving this relationship when it didn't really make sense to opened up a whole new life for myself, that then it, it just opened up so much for me of if I could trust myself there and everything worked out so much better than I could have even imagined that it just gave me a lot of space and a lot more confidence that if I had those gut instincts about other things that I should just take the leap and do it, knowing that it's probably going to end up working out well for me. But it's like terrifying every time you do it, it never gets easier. I think that what happens is that you just start to trust that it's going to work out more and more and more as time goes on. But I'm still like every time I make a a big decision still, I'm like, so freaked out about it, even though I know that it's going to work out great. So I would say it also never really gets old. I think you just get better at learning how to trust it and doing it. But I would start really small um, with that. The other thing that you could do too, if you're not used to trusting your intuition or your instinct is think back at a time where your gut told you that something was going to work out or was going to happen. And then it actually did. And to write down, how did you feel? How did you know that? What was the sensation for you? And then to also write down a time where you had a gut instinct about something being good or bad and you didn't listen to it and what happened, because that will give you an instinct of how you typically override your intuition. So I've done that a lot with people, just getting them to do that. Those two exercises will start to give you a bit of indication of how your intuition or gut instinct normally talks to you and how you typically override it, which for a lot of people is just overthinking it or saying that's not possible or, you know, whatever else.
1: Yeah, I love that. So I have a funny story to share and um, also relating to a breakup, but to my current fiance. So back in law school, um, my fiance and I were dating and I had had a concussion and I just gotten out of this like terrible, terrible relationship right before I started dating my fiance. And so we, we just kind of like hit ahead we broke up and for some reason I just knew I was like, he's going to come back. We just need some space. Yeah. Like I just knew that something was going to work out and everyone thought I was so like delusional. Like my mom was like, why do you think that he's going to come back? Like, what is indicating to you? And I'm just <laughs> gonna going to interrupt for a second. I'm just going to care for a second because I'm one shocked
0: Erin is telling this story and I'm so happy about it. And two, because I was going through a breakup at the same time and I like at the exact same time as Erin and her fiance had broken up and Erin and I were, you know, swapping breakup notes kind of thing. And I had a very different perspective about my breakup. My breakup was like, please never come back. Leave me alone, <laughs> Leave me alone forever. I will say that I didn't trust my intuition and I did end up getting back with that person. Yeah briefly um they're not my fiance I don't have a fiance like I said these breakup stories were very different but I remember Erin at the time telling me this and as her friend I was like yeah okay like like (laughs) yeah
1: people thought I was like in my like crazy yeah totally so so I had done this thing where I had asked for a sign because I was like just getting into this and I was just doing some like self healing. And, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe this was supposed to be, I'm supposed to do some more healing work after like my really awful, um, abusive relationship, like not Kevin, but (laughs) the previous one, I was like, maybe I just haven't healed from that yet. And once I'm feeling in a better place, like Kevin will come back and it'll all work out. So I was like, I'm going to ask for a sign for this. I had picked a frog. I don't know and this is so creepy, Katie, I'm sorry. I know that yours is a duck, but anyways, I had picked a frog (laughs) and I was like, I really want to find a frog. So I was in Ann Arbor with my friends from undergrad and I'm digging through little trinkets and I am like searching for frogs. Like I am like, I need to find a frog. Like I need to find a sign. Like, I know that this is right. And I just need to feel validated. Okay. And my friends eventually are like, why do you keep asking everyone for a frog? Like if they have a frog pin or if they have like a little frog design or anything to do with frogs in these little cute little stores that we were going around to in Ann Arbor. And I was like, oh, it's really stupid. But I like asked for a sign and I can't find one. And now I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith and blah, 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 blah. blah. And they were just like, oh, Erin, you can't ask and like go digging literally like yeah. that. It's just going to show up. and." I swear it was pure magic what happened next. So we're, we're leaving the last store and we're about to get in the car to leave Ann Arbor for like the day. And I was like, oh, you know what? There's actually one more store I wanted to show you. And we walk in and <laughs> the first thing all three of us saw was a frog. And Man. we all just like had like chills and we were just like, what the heck? So I purchased the frog. I now have the frog. And all this to say, my now fiance eventually did um, come back and there was apparently like this like glitch in the universe, apparently, because we both sent emails and they didn't. That's the story I thought you were going to tell. love this frog story, but I thought
0: you were going to tell the email story. But like.
1: But yeah. So anyways, it's just like such a funny moment of like. I had no idea. (laughs) That, like, why I, I couldn't tell you why I really thought that this was all going to work out. Um, but for some reason, I had like this really no self assured feeling that everything was going to work out again. And now we're getting married this summer. So that's my um, frog story. <laughs> Just thought it was um, really funny to share that. Um, it yeah, is. Something- well,
2: it shows that you were even like skeptical, but you're like, I'm going to find this frog because I know. And then that's a good example, too, because you can't go looking for the frog, yes. or you can't go looking for the sign, which is what a lot of people do. I definitely used to do that too. The sign, the absence of a sign can be a sign, but if the yes. sign shows up, then you know, it's just magic.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not like a total creep. She does post about this on her Instagram. Not I like posted about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so sorry. many people I just know. put that in there that I love when you well, post things that rubber duckies.
2: Yeah, because I only see them at truly, like, really magical times when I need to see them. But then I talk about it so much that then other people know my sign. And then they send me when they see River ducks. And I'm like, I think this is a sign for you. It's actually not not for me. But thank you so much for sharing.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. Well, thanks for indulging me on my... I don't even know what to call that story, but anyways, my journey of learning to trust myself kind of, but uh, (laughs) so Katie, we would love to know a bit more about what your daily life is like and what your favorite part of your daily life is like, because we know sometimes that can look a little different when you're in entrepreneurship and how you, um, how you look forward to each day.
2: Yeah, I I find that each day I start my day in the same way in that I love having time by myself in the morning. This is something that I started doing really like at the beginning of my spiritual journey so to speak, but it's something that I've been doing for the last 10 years now. It's just taking time in the morning to be with myself. That usually looks like meditation and journaling or reading or pulling oracle cards. If I do not do this, I notice that I will start to go a little nuts, like not in a not in a bad way, it's Just I have a lot of energy, I have a lot of different interests, and I can be really scattered. And so I love my time in the morning, because it keeps me centered and grounded. And I notice if I don't do it, then I get just a little bit too scattered. I'm a little bit too all over the place. And it's my time to just connect in with myself, the journal to reflect. And I just feel so good at the end of that. But, um, so normally after I do whatever I'm doing in the morning, then I get to start doing work. I actually have been finding that I've been starting work later in the mornings, just because I really like having that time, um, earlier in the morning, just to be with myself and connect and reflect. And sometimes I do a workout also in the morning or sometimes I don't. So depending on whether I've worked out or not, I'll start work soon after that. And then, every day is kind of different. Some days I work from home. Some days I work in different co-working spaces, never been a coffee shop working kind of gal, but I do really love that I have the freedom to kind of work from wherever feels good that day. And so every day I kind of switch up where I am and what I'm doing. And then if I didn't work out in the morning, I'll normally work out or do some type of movement later in the day. And then a lot of evenings, although I've changed this recently, I'll have a circle or I might be coaching or leading something else, but I've recently switched that so that I just have a lot more time in the evening now to explore, to go to different events, or just to hang out and relax. But I think uh, I don't know. Is that I feel like that's you would ask me any other details about my day, but that's sort of a general. I feel like that's just a normal overview. But that's what I do.
0: No, Katie, I love that. And I think it just shows that, um, when you create like a life and when you carve out a life for yourself, um, that's based on what you dream of and that's in tune with your inner knowing and that is trusting, um, so many amazing opportunities can open up for you. And so many, you know, your daily life can truly look like whatever you want it to look like. Obviously we're all adults and there are aspects of adulting that everyone finds annoying, um, or that are inconvenient. Um, and we can never like completely ignore those things though. Sometimes it would be nice. Um, but I think it just really shows that, um, if you take the leap and you trust yourself and you think about what's coming next and figure out how to get to that next point, you can, you too can carve out whatever daily life you want for yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Because I think
2: that I guess it's in the afternoons, like after the morning thing, that's, that's the truth of it is that every day is kind of different. And it just sort of depends on, as we've talked about what type of things I happen to be working at, at that time. So there's a lot of, fluidity and there's just a a full sort of flexibility in terms of how those days unfold. I think I just shared, I'm like, I do a morning routine and then I do a workout and then that is my day. But there's always, there's always work that I'm doing during the day, but it is, it does just change each day in terms of what I'm focusing in on.
0: No, absolutely. And Katie, you wear so many hats, like whether that's, you know, your, your contract role with Advocate Society or running your own business and all of the other things that make you a full human. Um, there's always like in terms of finding where all those things will fit in. Um, so Katie, it has been like a true treat and soulful experience to have you with us on the podcast today. And we always love to end the podcast with the same question, which is, we're just curious to learn what is something new that you've learned recently?
2: Something new that I learned recently for all my women is that you can get your fertility tested and you can do it pretty inexpensively in Canada um, by going to different uh, diagnostic centers that will test your AMH levels. This has been something that I didn't know was available. And now I've been trying to tell as many women as possible, especially women who are lawyers or who potentially have... Are just on a different track in terms of family planning for a myriad of different reasons it's really empowering to know that information about yourself and helps you to make informed choices for yourself around your fertility whether it's that you want to freeze your eggs if that's an option or if it isn't actually the right option for you to do that and your fertility is feeling really healthy i just feel like so many women in my life have struggled Subsequently, with their own fertility journeys, I've also had so many younger women who have then done their testing and wish they had known earlier. And so something that I learned recently, it's actually quite easy to do. And in Canada, there's a lot of, uh, for whatever reason, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors about it because typically you won't be referred to any doctor who will actually look at your fertility until you've been trying to have a child for quite some time. But you can get around that by actually just finding a clinic that will do your AMH testing. So for any women that are listening to this, who are thinking about family planning, or potentially are getting nervous about it, I would say don't be nervous, but know that there are actually ways for you to learn a lot more about yourself and your body now in ways that we probably didn't even know were available to us 10 years ago.
0: That's so helpful, because it's just a perfect example of how knowledge is power. And the more you know about yourself, whether that's what your biggest fears and dreams are or your fertility. It just it all ties in so nicely, Katie. It it helps Mm -hmm. you live your best possible life. Katie, thank you for leaving us with so many like rich and like truly like nuggets that can we can go out and implement in any and can go out and implement after this call. Um, I it's just so rewarding to have the opportunity to learn from you. And we cannot wait to see all of the amazing programs and retreats and coaching offerings that you continue to offer. We're gonna link all of that goodness here in the episode notes, but thank you so much for sharing this conversation with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To stay up to date with the podcast, follow us on Instagram at Off the Tracks Podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform for a brand new episode of Off The Tracks podcast every Tuesday.